Hello, and welcome to Journey With Us, a podcast of Journey Baptist Church. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Into His Word. I'm your host, Adam Woodrum. Today, we'll be studying the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, continuing to do the hear journal method, that is highlight, explain, apply, and respond. And so if you want to now, go ahead and pause this episode and do your highlight portion of your reading, where you highlight any specific words, phrases, verses that stick out to you that you think the author is using to try to get your attention. Go ahead and pause now. For my highlight portion, there were only a couple of themes that I saw majorly stick out in these verses. The first and foremost was that of entering God's rest. It seemed from verses 1 through 11, the author in almost every line wanted to emphasize the idea of God's rest and to enter or not enter it. Now, the two subsequent actions I saw for entering or not entering were faith. Those who had faith or belief, I saw, entered his rest, and those who did not believe or were disobedient to the message did not enter his rest. You see that right off the bat in verses 2 and 3, but again, throughout the whole passage, that is one of the main themes that I highlighted over and over again. The only other words I highlighted were a little more implicitly related, but I think you'll see in our explanation that they go together. In verse 2, I saw that the author says that they receive good news, that they receive a message. Again, in verse 6, good news is mentioned. And finally, in verse 12, the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. So I saw these words, good news, message, and word of God being repeated throughout the passage, and I felt like those were related, which we'll again get to in our explanation. You can go ahead and pause this episode now to explain your passage. For our explanation, we're talking about why the author used these phrases, what he meant in his context. For me, as I said, my two big themes were entering God's rest or not entering God's rest, as well as the good news or message that the people were receiving. I wrote that the author, drawing on the warning from chapter 3, is now exhorting us readers to not be like the wilderness generation who rebelled against God and therefore didn't enter the promised land. This would be their physical rest. And I get a lot of that context from chapter 3, which we read previously, but it is repeated in verse 3 as well as verse 5. They will never enter my rest. I swore in my anger. We know that the Israelites in the wilderness generation rebelled against God many times, and the root of their rebellion was a lack of faith in him, in his message, in his deliverance to the promised land. And now the author of Hebrews is saying their consequence was not entering that promised land, not accessing God's rest. Rather, he is urging us to not be like them and instead to take hold of God's promised rest. But now he's talking about a spiritual and eternal rest. Look at verse 8 and 9. If Joshua had given them rest, a physical rest that is, God would not have spoken later about another day. Therefore a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works. This idea of entering God's eternal rest goes back up to verse 4, where the author of Hebrews quotes from Genesis in the creation story how on the seventh day God's rested. He is saying that this seventh day, this Sabbath that was instituted in creation, is still available for God's people. 
as often as even today, it says in verse 7. But we know from verses 8 through 10 specifically that it is not a physical rest, it is a spiritual eternal rest. It wasn't Joshua, the one who delivered them into the promised land, who gave them rest. Rather, it is Jesus who gives us eternal rest with God. How do I know that? Look at verse 10 again for our explanation. The person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works. Well, what does that mean? We know that the gospel is that Jesus accomplished all of the works that we never could. Our works were filthy. They were immoral. They were unrighteous. And so Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. All of his works were good. And his ultimate work was dying for us on the cross. Now the only thing we have to do is believe in Jesus and we receive rest from our works because we are not saved by our works rather we are saved by the work of jesus that is why in matthew 11 jesus says come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest so the author is urging us to not be like the wilderness generation who rebel against god but rather take hold of god's promised eternal rest in jesus this goes back to the good news or gospel or word of god that was mentioned and highlighted throughout this passage we may think verse 12 and 13 are sort of smashed in there for no reason but if you think about it it is the word of god the gospel that we find in God's word, which is living and effective, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's the word of God, the gospel, which speaks to our hearts and brings us out of darkness into light, brings us out of wickedness into righteousness, bring us out of works into rest. We need the gospel, we need God's word, and we need to believe it in order to enter God's rest. That gets into our application. Go ahead and pause now to apply what you have just explained from this passage. Again, with the major theme and explanation of this chapter being very simply to enter God's rest, our application is what the author says in verse 1. Therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains, let us beware that none of you are found to be fallen short. Beware not entering God's rest. As chapter 3 verse 12 says, an evil unbelieving hearts who turns away from the living God. Beware of falling short of God's rest through unbelief. Rather, verse 11, let us make every effort to enter that rest. And how do we enter that rest again? Verse 3, we who have believed enter that rest. God's rest is accessible to us today. The author of Hebrews says that to us in verse 7, a specific day today, God offers rest to his creatures. We access it through faith in Christ. And he wants to warn us not to fall short of accessing it. While we know that salvation is a once for all moment when we accept the gospel, that our hearts are born again, we still live our lives day to day. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, we have a new experience. And each day there's new temptations of the world, our flesh, and the devil to not trust in the living God. The author of Hebrews is giving us a great pattern to follow to combat an unbelieving, disobedient heart, and it is to remain in God's word. For it is the message of God, the gospel that we are to believe, and it is found in the word of God, which is living and active, able to expose our hearts. 
the application to enter God's rest through faith, to strive for it, to make every effort, is a daily venture. And we do that through abiding in God's word, through reading it, through trusting it, and through hoping in it. Let's go ahead and end our time together in response of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that his work is finished on the cross and that all we have to do is have childlike faith in him to enter your presence, eternal rest. God, thank you that your eternal rest is not far off in the future, but we experience it daily, even today. God, help us as your children to abide in your word, abide in faith, hope, and love so that we may have this rest and so that we may strive to live obedient lives to you. God, again, thank you for Jesus and help us to live every day in his image. We ask this for your glory and in his name. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Into His Word. We will see you again for the rest of Hebrews chapter 4 into chapter 5.